0: Good afternoon, running some errands today. Just went to the old UPS store. We tend to return a lot of things in our family from Amazon and Amazon is very nice about that. So shout out to Amazon. (laughs) Kelly basically has to check items and see if uh, she has reactions to them. It's really hard for us to bring things into the house. But um, that's what I'm doing. It's a nice, sunny, warm day in uh, in Castle Rock slash Monument, where I'm driving between here. And uh, I wanted to make an episode about how I came to where I'm at now with Christ. Um, It's probably more accurate to say how Christ came to me. If I were to uh, start the story, you know, I was raised in a Christian home, now as far as my mom and dad's background, my mom was, uh, her dad was an alcoholic, Um, they never had much money, and there was lots of tension and abuse type things in the home. I know that she's told the story of her dad coming home drunk uh, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve with all of these hamburgers which was like a huge treat for them back then and then something set him off I guess and he just kind of went nuts and threw the hamburgers all over the Christmas tree and one of the saddest stories that you would hear, you know, and, you know, physical abuse and stuff like that. So one day they called, they did go to church, but he didn't. One day when he was, I guess, really upset, they called the pastor just because they didn't know what else to do. It was either the pastor or the youth pastor of the church they were attending at the time. And he said, well, I don't know what he said, but he went in and talked to my grandpa. And by the time that he came out, by all accounts, my grandpa was a different person. And to my knowledge, at least from what I've heard, he never touched alcohol again. Like, he was a new person. And." I know that in his later years, after my grandma had her stroke, he took care of her and did everything for her. So pretty beautiful story of what the gospel—sorry, I just got a bunch of exhaust in my face from this truck. (laughs) Whoa, just like came right in the vents. Pretty beautiful story of what the gospel can do in a person's life. Very different from go reform yourself to actually having a change of heart, like a real change of heart, where your desires change and where there was hatred, love is there. So the Bible says that we become new creations. So that was kind of my mom's family backstory. My dad grew up, I would say, Roman Catholic, um, maybe nominally, you know, in name only, I don't know. I know that my grandma went to church a lot, but probably not my grandpa very often. But my dad got really into drugs and the whole culture at that time. And he was a surfer and he was just kind of a wild kid who didn't do good in school and stuff like that. But he had a friend who shared Christ with him often, just very outspoken Christian friend who loved him and just always shared what God could do in his life and one day Um, My dad says that, you know, he prayed to receive Christ. And when he he did that, you know, they were sitting in a car. I think they went to Jack in the Box or something. And when he got out of the car, after doing that, he felt like a different person and was a different person. And so real stories of conversion... I mean I could even talk about my grandpa on my dad's side seeing a change in him later in life um, after my dad shared the gospel with him um, he never used to tell us that he loved us and then that became part of his standard vocabulary so I'm mentioning these things because I think they're key What what I think we don't get a lot of times what I didn't get as I'm about to share is that being a Christian is not about checking a particular box and saying well I'm a Christian Um, it's about being a new person and there might be part of us that doesn't want to be a new person but what happens is a real change that you don't, you don't make the change happen in your own heart. You, it's more like you recognize it um, and recognize Jesus as Lord. So I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. What happened to me? Okay, so a couple of I'll just share a couple of key kind of spiritual events, I guess you could say. Um, that probably sounds. Like way more than it is, but um, there was no lightning from heaven or anything like that. (laughs) No angel wings or pixie dust or anything. When I was seven, I was in the bathtub just singing my heart out. Uh, I'm going off my parents' account because I don't actually remember this. Just singing my heart out to God. You know, some of the songs that we learned in church or on, you know, Christian records that my parents listened to. And my parents recognized that there was something really legitimate, like really sincere about this singing. Like, it just sounded different. And so they talked to me, and my pastor talked to me, and I think the assumption was that something happened there, you know, that that the Lord did something in my heart and my pastor went through the gospel with me. I can remember him sitting on the couch and, you know, he had three or four points, you know, and I remember him hitting his finger, you know, touching his finger for each point. I don't remember what the points were, (laughs) but he was making sure that I got it, you know, and good on him for doing that. Um, And so by all accounts, you know, I understood things and, and there seemed to be evidence that something was going on and so um, those are kind of the requirements for baptism so I got baptized so other things that happened around this time I remember that I recognized like some real sinful things in my life Um, just some things that I was really they were weighing on me and I remember and this was this was semi-serious this was some serious stuff you know to me and I couldn't sleep one time and went and talked to my dad who was still awake and I remember him sharing the verse as far as the east is from the west that's how far God has removed our sin from us and that had such a huge impact on me. It does to this day. That if you went as far east as you could go, if you think of it as as a globe, the world is a globe. You know, you could never start heading west. You'd always be heading east. I'm not sure if that's really the sense in which the passage means. I think that um, it probably means that east is infinitely far away from west. Um, If you point this direction and point that direction, they're infinitely far away. It's almost like you put your hands out and say, I love you this much. It's a way of expressing an infinite distance. and So that is how far God takes our sins away. A lot of times we say he doesn't remember them. And there's a sense in which he doesn't remember that. So, knowing that also that verse, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I heard that my whole life. And I believed it. I believed that God would forgive my sins. And I believed that it was because of Jesus and his work on the cross. His perfect life. I don't think I fully understood all of that, but I believe that He died for me and He rose again. And that was reinforced in school. We memorized Isaiah chapter 53, which is mind blowing uh, a mind blowing chapter in the Bible. And I remember one Easter when I was in fifth grade, right before Easter. My teacher, Mrs. Kroll, um, gave us a little Bible lesson on the crucifixion, and she gave us the whole gruesome medical facts of the difficulty breathing and what happens to a person's body when they're crucified. It's the worst torture that the world has come up with. it still happens to Christians, to my understanding, in other countries. So when I heard that Jesus did that for me, I raised my hand and asked to go to the restaurant. <laughs> so all of my spiritual stories have a, a bathroom component to them, so that's kind of weird. So anyway, <laughs> I just wanted some privacy. So I went to the restroom and just kind of stood there and talked to God. And at that point in time, I was familiar with, in my church, two things that Christians did. Basically, one of them, the first thing that you do to become a Christian is to pray to receive Christ. And I would already done that when I was seven. And then the other thing you could do is rededicate your life to Christ which is basically just recognizing that you've been not really thinking about God or uh, worshiping the Lord maybe you've been sinning a lot and not repenting of it and just sort of being hit with what we call conviction like this knowledge that you are wrong you know so that was the only vocabulary I had then for what was what I thought was going on or what was going on and so I rededicated my life I didn't walk down to the front of the church and do it or anything I just did it right there in the bathroom and just told God that thank you you know for what Jesus did for me thank you for loving me and I'm sorry for sinning and So yeah, I, I think those are real experiences, but as I'm going to kind of get to in a little bit, I don't really know what exactly happened there, although those last two, I can definitely remember those pretty vividly. So fast forward to high school, I don't know, I made good grades, kind of a normal-ish kid, Uh, definitely some major sins you know like I mean by today's standards it would be called bullying of just making fun of people you know trying to always be the funny guy and I think making myself feel better through that somehow um that's a realization I've come to recently. I, I, I don't know if I really dealt with that until recently. That I, that that's a serious thing to to make fun of people, and now I hate that. You know, and I tried. I I hope that the Lord has taken me away from that. So, anyway, what? tended to happen there high school to college was a drift uh, just a really like i mean i would i learned to play the guitar in college and i would lead songs for the youth group or my church but i really didn't know what was happening you know i i would try to sing sincerely but i didn't get it you know i think there was a lot of miseducation about what worship actually is that it's only singing that you have to have some special feeling in your heart, you know, I didn't get it. And I was involved with uh, student ministry at University of Houston. I remember um, the guy leading it. Great guy, great couple of guys that led that. But I remember being asked, you know, how I was doing spiritually. And I remember just saying, I, I feel like I'm on an inner tube, floating away. I do not know what is happening right now. Um, and I was at so many events and Christian functions and even tried to lead some of those type things, you know, with music and stuff. And I did not get it. it something was wrong. So, what happened in my 20s, and I hope there's people listening here that, that know me in my 20s. Um, this is part of the reason why I'm talking about this. Because if you knew me in my 20s, I don't know, you can correct me, but I think you'd probably know that I cared about God somewhat. There were limits to what I would do. Um, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't real sin happening. In fact, I pushed the limits many times and I tried to rationalize it I tried to make it fit in my mind with the Bible and as far as what was becoming my God was music everything that I every waking moment or decision I made was about being or becoming a great songwriter that was the idol Identity idol that I had going on In my heart and in my life at the time. I cared about it more than friendships relationships I can remember Lots of times that I just bailed out on people Because I wanted to do my own thing. I was not even a good For a while, I I think I got a little bit more amicable, but (laughs) I was not even a good person to be in a band with. Um, I was just self-interested, just serving self, just worshiping what I wanted to do. I think I tried to rationalize it at the time. There's this big movement of, you know, if you are in music or the arts that, you know, you're just being creative, like God made you to be. And there was a real encouragement towards that. And that's fine. I'm not saying that that was wrong, but I don't think it was held up um, very well by Scripture. I think it was just assumed. And so I found myself going to these churches that were hip and artsy, I guess you would say. And I'm not knocking hip churches. Um, I think they have their strengths and weaknesses like anything else. But for me, it, it just ended up and maybe the problem was all on my end but it ended up really feeding into what I wanted you know like God was just I don't know he wasn't even there for me really I'm not saying God wasn't there for me but I'm saying looking back it really didn't matter whether I acknowledged God or not but when I did acknowledge God it was really in a self-serving way but mainly it was very disaffected and and cut off. And I didn't, I didn't, if you would have asked me, why are you even going to church? If I was honest, I would probably have said to meet girls, you know, (laughs) maybe, maybe I can meet a nice girl here. um, who's artsy and, and likes God as well. So that's what happened. I, I moved to Austin, I tried, to be a part of whatever, you know, musical community I could find and write songs and promote myself and I think I was trying to be sincere and I think I did make some good music but spiritually and things that were people that I don't know I don't know where I was going with that thought. I don't think I want to ramble about that but it was just about Michael let's just put it like that it was just about me now what happened let's get to the the whole point of this you know why am I doing this podcast not so I could tell my whole life story that's not the point the point is something happened to me in 2009 probably exactly 10 years ago and it is the strangest circumstance of what happened that, I guess you would say, woke me up. Um, So, I was going to one of these artsy churches and the pastor got up, or one of the pastors, got up to make his talk or, you know, to say his talk for the Sunday or whatever. And his first thing that he said was, he was going to talk about Jonah and he said, now we don't really know if Jonah was a real person or not. Like if he really existed, but that doesn't really matter. And isn't that a strange moment to wake up to the gospel? (laughs) Isn't that a strange moment to change your life or for your life to be changed by God in that moment? But I, I really feel like it was I woke up at that moment something inside me said wait a minute like you really believe the Bible so much so that you're offended that this person is even saying this like Jonah was a real person but wait a minute if Jonah was a real person Adam and Eve were real people. Jesus was a real person. The Bible is true. Like all these dominoes just instantly fell for me in that moment. And it left me very exposed in that if I do believe this, why is it not affecting my life? I remember when I was in Austin living for myself. I did have a Bible and I would open it from time to time, mainly looking for cool things to put in my songs, Um, but that it would say nothing to me. It was like dead air. Um, It just did not have any, didn't hold any real power or weight. Um, I didn't, didn't get it, didn't think I could get it, and didn't know why, like, why am I reading Isaiah right now? Like, what, what could it possibly mean to me to read Isaiah right now? So in that moment at church, I realized that I believe the Bible. And I realized that, that I believe that Jesus died and rose again. And that these things, if God is God, if he is who he says he is, my life should be totally different. I started emailing pastors because I wanted to find a church that really took the Bible seriously instead of explaining it away. And so I would ask pastors, like just in these (laughs) random, looking back, it's kind of funny. I would send an email and be like, Hey, you don't know me. I'm thinking about coming to your church. I need you to answer these questions is were Adam and Eve real people. Um, you know, did Jesus die and really rise again? Was Jonah a real person? And I would ask them all of these things to see if they really believed what the Bible said. And uh, I really don't remember the responses. What was also happening at that time was uh, this thought that I was probably gonna leave Austin. So I, I think I started going to a friend's house church around that time. I think that's what happened. Man, I totally forgot about that. Anyway, that was, that was my awakening. It was, it was over a couple of months, you know, I, I slowly started to understand why Jesus died, why he rose again, and how that impacts life now in, in 2009 as it was back then, and how it, it gets into your bloodstream and impacts everything that you do in life. Um, that you start having brand new desires. You know, the Bible says, love not the world or the things in the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And I totally loved the world in my 20s. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to put my name on it. I wanted to make a name for myself. Um, It talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And those three things, I think, would describe me the most in my 20s. So if you knew me and I ever mentioned God, um, I'm sorry, because I don't think I knew him. And I think for the last 10 years, since 2009, that God has really gotten my heart. I think he had it right there in 2009. And I think he's just deepened um, the roots um, inside my heart and i hope that it's bearing fruit you know the bible says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness and self-control and what happens is if we take if we take christianity as this label that we check off this box and say i'm a christian i've been baptized i have my my little thing there that says that that's what I am and I will recite this creed or say this thing. And if we think that that's what being a Christian is saying a prayer, getting baptized, those are all good things. Saying a creed is a good thing. All those things are good things. But if we think that that's what it is, I think we're wrong. And I can say that because I know that I was wrong. Um, To be a Christian is to have a brand new heart that has been put there by God, and it's not of your own doing. There was nothing that I did in that moment or before that moment when I got dressed for church that day and went and, you know, to hear about Jonah. There was nothing that I did to make prepare myself for some spiritual experience that was going to happen. I had no clue. God did it and I remember driving back I was driving to Houston at some point in time just visiting and it was after that experience after that awakening so to speak and I was just starting to really get it I was listening to these sermons online about how the gospel is is the only message that we need and it affects every part of our life and we get these new desires when we're born again and I was hearing that God does all the work that it's not our works it's, it's just faith alone and even He gives you that faith and that was resounding so true to me and I was watching the road and watching the line on the road and just had this real clear thought and sense of humility that, God, thank you for coming and getting me. I felt like I had been rescued because if I would have, if you would have let me keep going the way I was going, I can't rely on a prayer that I prayed when I was seven years old or an experience I had in fifth grade. Being a Christian is not about a one-time experience. It is about an experience that changes you, but it's not about a one-time experience. If I had just kept going after Michael's desires, then the Bible says, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. What happened to me was God changed my heart and made me a new person. Has Have I been perfect or even less sinful in some quantitative sense? Probably not. You know, I think you almost see more of your sin after you, after something like that happens, after you become a new creature, the ugliness of the old is just uglier. So I'm not sharing this to tell you that I've reached some righteous plateau or anything like that. Um, What I'm telling you is that the gospel, God the Holy Spirit changed my heart gave me a love for Christ, gave me a new heart, and that has made all the difference. And hopefully I've opened enough can of worms (laughs) and different questions for this conversation to keep going and these podcasts to keep being made because it really calls into question some things, um, just like things that I assumed when I was in my 20s and such anyway I think I'm gonna stop there Uh, I just I want this to be a a way that we can have conversations so if you'll email me I would really love to hear what you think whether you're a stranger or and if you're an old friend you have my number call me if um, you know or even if we talked yesterday give me a call let me know what you think Um, my email address is pigeonpost2019 at gmail.com that's pigeonpost2019 at gmail.com send me an email because I want to interact this is a weird podcast I think most podcasts have two people talking and uh, I definitely don't want it to just be here's Michael's thoughts you know echoing into an echo chamber I want it to be um, interactive in fact Uh, I'll throw this out there too, that if you want to have a discussion with me and we could record it, that would be awesome. Um, I would love to do a podcast with you and it doesn't even matter who you are. You could be of any religion or um, what have you. I'd love to find something to discuss with you and and put that out there because I think conversations need to happen. And, um, don't worry if you call me, I'm not going to hit record. unless you really want to. Um, but I, I do want to throw that out there cause I think that would be really cool to just have different conversations posted online and, um, for, for us to kind of try to figure out how to talk about these things because I think they're really important. So I love you. I'm on spring break. I know I didn't share much personal things at the beginning. Um, of what's happening right now but I'm on spring break we've got a week off there's a lot of, a lot of things we have to get done and um, that's probably for another podcast so Kelly and I are talking about maybe doing something about all the health type things we've been through but um, keep in touch love you praying for you please pray for me and um, I hope you guys have a great spring break if it is your spring break if it's already over okay. It's still probably beautiful outside. I'm in Colorado and it's like sunny and perfect right now. So, um, have a good one. Bye-bye.